0: All right, folks. So I just published my fourth book called "You Can Retire on Social Security." Just go to Amazon.com, type in my last name, S C A N D L E N, Scandlin, S C A N D L E N, and all my books show up there, just right for you to ch- pick and choose from. I encourage you to buy all of them, actually. And if you're, of course, if you're a Kindle Unlimited subscriber, they're all free. Uh, you can get them on Audible, at least two of them. You can get two right now on Audible, which is the tax bomb and your retirement and strategic money planning. Both are available on Auto, Audible. So if you are a uh, an Audible member, you can get them as well through there. Uh, my uh, You Can Retire on Social Security will shortly be up on Audible. We're working on that right now. Uh, if, you want to, if you do Audible and you do it through my link, which I'll put in the show notes, I do get paid. Ha ha ha. So make sure you try to get me as rich as possible. Excellent. Um, anyway, uh, get the books online through Amazon Kindle unlimited is free. You get the paperbacks. Uh, I can't remember how much I charge on the paperbacks the Kindle version for sure. And the audible books as well. So don't forget if you get a chance, you want some good fashion, old fashioned reading on financial planning. Does it get any more exciting than that? Of course not. Uh, go to these websites, uh, go to amazon.com and type in my last name. All right. Thanks guys. Stay tuned for the episode. All right, my friends. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Josh Scanlon podcast. It's uh, it's it's awesome. I got Fritz Gilbert from the Retirement Manifesto here with us here today, and I I just this is just awesome. And, you know, look, I bash the industry a lot, but I've always said there's lots of good guys and ladies in the industry as well. It's uh, it, it, there's more good people than bad. Unfortunately, the bad always gets the uh, the notoriety for sure. And the industry still needs to change its fee model, absolutely. And as long as people are using fees for investments, I'll always challenge the uh the legitimacy of the industry. But be it as it may, Fritz is one of the good guys, and again, other abundance of good guys in my industry. And uh, and uh I had read an article uh, Fritz had done oh man, like a year or something ago, and uh somehow we we haven't crossed paths, but somehow we did recently, and uh I said, man, I'd love to interview you. And he said I'd be happy too, and but we had to push it off because he was uh, doing personal travel to see uh, kids and grandkids, and who can blame him? But he is here now, live from the studio in North uh, Georgia Mountains. Fritz, appreciate you being here, man.
1: Hey, Josh, a real honor. And and I tell you, it's funny how our paths crossed. You know, I didn't even know you'd done that thing on my article. And I was just browsing around YouTube and I I saw you talking about my stuff. And I was like, hey, and and, and I got to say, you gave it a very fair, honest appraisal. You had a couple of things you kind of, you know, debated whether that was the best approach. But you said, "Ah, you know, some people take that approach. I'm okay with that. I'd do it a different way. whatever. And it was great. So I was like, hey, I like this guy. So I'm I'm glad we hooked up, Josh. And I appreciate uh, being on your show.
0: No, right on, man. And uh, that's the thing I find about financial planning generally is there's no right answer. I mean, it's just everyone has a different perspective, and but there's no right way to do it. There's just not any right way to do it. And you know, so many people get so caught up, in it has to be this or that.
1: And I just, it's not black and white. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's so much room for personal preference. You know, you no. look at things like the bucket strategy yeah. and people say, oh, you shouldn't leave all that money in cash. But you know what? If you've got a conservative profile and, and, you, and you sleep better at night because you got, you know, two years worth of cash, hey, fine, that's your choice. You know, like you say, there's no right or no wrong way. There's pros and cons. As long as you yeah. understand them, you make an educated decision. Hey, what more can you ask? So, yeah, I agree.
0: I was reading an article uh not that long ago on advisor perspectives and the guy and I forgot who it was. But it was a guy I'm fond of and I read a lot but he you know he's saying I forgot what it was Fritz but he's saying this isn't the most I think he was talking about the bucket strategy how it wasn't the most it, the bucket strategy destroyed wealth is what it was and he said uh because it's not the most efficient portfolio and the minute I hear that term efficient and portfolio hand in hand I said man po- get out of the spreadsheets and join the real world where people are losing sleep at night because they're afraid their dollars are going to get killed and we can sit here and spreadsheet and back test and monte Carlo all day long but if grandma jones can't sleep at night all the efficiency in the world doesn't mean crap if you don't that's it
1: and and you know i think it gets to a point where if you've saved enough and if you've got a safe withdrawal rate and blah blah blah, you know that extra I don't know one tenth of one percent of right. the portfolio right. <laughs> return you'd get over the course of a couple of years is it really worth it to fine-tune things that much versus get something that works for you and go with it i i don't think so you know there's always a little bit more tweaking you could do but but at the same time money shouldn't be the focus of your life it should be getting out there and enjoying your retirement that's what we've worked all these years for
0: well it sounds like you've done that so Fritz, if we don't mind just back dating a little bit and saying you know, where where are you from? Not not just, you know, how'd you get it where you are today, but how did you end, you know, give us the background of who Fritz was growing up and uh, what led you to work in the aluminum business and the whole thing. I yeah, appreciate you know. it,
1: Josh. Yeah, so I grew up in Michigan, small town, small town guy, a couple sisters, and my parents were both teachers, so we always had the summers off and had great memories as a kid, you know, camping and traveling around, which probably planted the seed, I think, you know, to have the wanderlust and, and really jump into the uh, travel um, thing after retirement, which we'll get to in a little bit. So it started up, you know, small town, Michigan, teachers as family, um, went to college, normal route and got out of college and there was a you know a couple companies coming through the campus interviewing so i jumped on them as kind of a practice interview and lo and behold i spent 30 years in the aluminum business with the company that hired me out of college so you know never saw it coming but had a very successful corporate career a lot of different moves always always in the u.s but moved uh, all over the u.s a lot of different jobs um happily married married uh, my wife 30 years ago and we've got a 24 year old daughter Um, Who lives in Seattle and we've got a granddaughter who was just born last November. So we're uh, we're now grandparents empty nesters and uh, as of last June of 2018 I retired and uh, we moved up to our cabin up here in the North Georgia mountains near the start of the Appalachian Trail and uh, we're loving retirement.
0: We're we're working Alcoa. Is that the aluminum company, or
1: no? It was similar. It's called Alcan. It's a Canadian-based company, so everybody knows Alcoa. It's exactly the same type of company, but it was based in Canada, so it wasn't as well known here. Yeah.
0: Did you um? Were you like did they you know shuffle you to Atlanta, or they shuffle you to Canada, or just you said all over the U.S. or what? uh? Yeah,
1: mainly mainly U.S. Atlanta. We got we got spun off and. Like every other company, things change, but eventually our world headquarters uh, moved to Atlanta. So okay. I moved down to the world headquarters. And in the last 10 years, I was doing a global commodity trading type of job. So I was over all of our metal traders around the world. And, oh, okay. I uh, worked out of our global headquarters. So, yeah, but mo- mainly, you know, I worked operations as a plant manager for a while in Kentucky. And, um, you know, sales earlier in my career, supply chain, you know, pretty, pretty diverse career, really. And Mm -hmm. and it kept it kept it interesting, you know, people like, why would you stay with one company for 30 years? But the reality was, and I think a lot of people that jump companies today, I got that same experience without having to jump the company, because every couple of years, I got a chance to kind of go work in a new environment, work in a different function, you know, so it was a different learning experience for me, it was a different city, different people. So it kept it fresh. And I never really got bored, you know, the last I don't know, five years of your career you're kind of ready to be done. But up until then it was a it was a pretty good ride and I and I you know, I really enjoyed it.
0: Were you living in like Dunwoody and commuting downtown or something like that? Or where were you living? Actually, in?
1: yeah, we our office was in Buckhead. So if you okay. know Atlanta, yeah, it was in Buckhead. But I actually lived out in Conyers because we wanted to have some property when we moved yeah. down there. We, so we moved down from Ohio and we were kind of saying, hey, where, where can we get kind of commutable to the city but still be out in the country? And it ended up being, you know, pretty far east. So I had, I had a heck of a commute there for a while. But uh, it's all behind us now.
0: Where's your better half from, Fritz?
1: My better half from Ohio. I met her when I started up there. So she's from Ohio. I'm from Michigan. So we have a little bit of fun with that. But okay. uh, yeah. yeah, so we got, uh, you know, both of us have family up in the Midwest and we get up there every year for Christmas and things like that.
0: So you came down here, you said, all right, this is it. And then you said you bought that cabin, you're probably in your, you know, the, the earning when you're making pretty good money with these guys. And you said, I'm ready to, to hang it up. And if you don't mind me asking, how
1: old were you when you hung it up? Yep, I was 55. So uh pretty, pretty pleased. I was, I was always kind of thinking 54, 55 and, you know, started getting pretty serious probably in my late forties and started really running the spreadsheets and looking at it and pretty much hit exactly what I was aiming for. So yeah, we, we did a big downsizing move. We sold the the big house in the city and we basically took all the equity and just, you know, paid off the cabin. And uh, so we're debt free, you know, when we hit retirement and um prior to retirement, when we had the cabin, we were doing a lot of rentals through it because it's a pretty popular, um, yeah. vacation destination. So we were, it was basically paying for itself. So we had it seven years and I don't think it cost us a dime. You know, I don't think we made much money, but we basically paid, you know, we paid the mortgage on the thing and, and all the utilities without having to, you know, impact our cash flow. So it worked out pretty well for us. Did you have a,
0: a property management team or y'all doing that yourselves?
1: No, just did it ourselves. You okay. know, the property management guys were charging like 30% and oh. you can do it for yourself for 3% with Airbnb. Yeah. So we said, Hey, let's just do Airbnb. And it, and it worked fine.
0: Oh yeah, right. That's fantastic. All right, yeah. so now you guys you're resettled up there, and uh, I mean, is there stuff to do up there? I mean, I know you just got on an RV tour and all that, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not Atlanta. It's still up in the mountains in a in a rural area, beautiful as it can be. But uh, you know, what keeps what keeps you active out there now?
1: So yeah, Blue Ridge, you know, Josh, it's amazing. It's a it's a kind of a resort destination. It's a couple hours north of Atlanta, so there's a ton of very nice restaurants, no chains. So it's 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 kind of it hasn't gone tacky at all it's kind of a a classy vacation place without being ostentatious i mean it's very you know laid back we have a two hundred thousand dollar cabin i mean it's not a it's not a high-end place although if you want to spend a couple million for a mountaintop place you can do that right it's got the whole the whole gamut right so in terms of activities i mean there's a beautiful lake here i swim you know once or twice a week there's um Trails, hiking trails everywhere. There's mountain biking that I get involved with. There's a beautiful fly fishing river right behind our cabin. It's one of the best fly fishing rivers in the southeast United States. Um, you know, there's a huge dog community, and it, it's a very dog friendly town. All the stores have little dog bowls out in front. You know, so my wife started a nonprofit that's, um, you know, focused on on doing some good things with dogs. So, you know, um, you put all that together and we're pretty much as busy as we want to be every day. And it's it's just a fantastic retirement lifestyle. We're, we're really, we're very thankful to be where we ended up.
0: And you got four seasons up there too, right?
1: You do, yeah. We get a little bit of snow, just enough that you get a taste of it, but it's not so bad that you you know you have a long winter. I mean, we might get a little dusting of snow one day, and it'll be you know 50, 60 the next day. Right. So it, it's perfect. Yeah, and the fall colors, as you'd expect, you know, pretty good mountains. You yeah. know, the Appalachian Trail, it's it's pretty rugged, so the the fall colors are fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's uh that's heavenly, man. So let me ask you a question about uh,
1: retirement planning because
0: I do this this goes exactly to my the idea of uh of you're so Fritz, you're in your career as a 45-year-old you know guy just you know kicking butt and taking names with Alcan, and you're like, man, someone comes up to you and says, Fritz, you need 80% of your pre-retirement income. And you're sitting there thinking, I'm gonna downsize my daughter, has moved out of the house. Uh, we're not gonna have a house up there and a house in Conyers. blah blah blah. So <laughs> what <laughs> I just it I cracks me up, all these people don't realize that many, many retirees. Uh, are not gonna have the same expenses they have when they're raising a family. I mean, it sounds like you can, look, I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but the minute you said that, I said, this is part and parcel of the reality of retirement planning, that people are not gonna spend like they did when they're commuting into Atlanta, working in a bucket and all that. Do
1: you you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I do, absolutely. And and I wrote a a whole series about this. You know, I think when you're trying to think about when can I retire, right? We all ask that question. And, and really the first thing you have to think about is, well, how much am I going to spend each year? Right. And, and you can't, you can't just wing it because it's such an important denominator of the whole equation. So basically what we did is we spent a year, we, we haven't been big budgeters, you know, we kind of do it based on, you know, you know, you can spend what's in the checking account. You you pay yourself first and you automate all your savings. You just live on what's left and, and that's it. So we've never really been, you know, micro budgeters or anything else, but given the importance of this, for one year we tracked every spending we spent. We spent, you know, put up the spreadsheets, tracked everything, real pain, you know, but we did it just to get a very solid baseline. And then we sat down and said, okay, here's what current state is, but let's look at what's gonna change in retirement. Like you said, you get rid of the mortgage, property taxes are lower, you know, our daughter's out of college, or we don't have to pay for gas to commute anymore, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you go all the way through this and and you can get a pretty good baseline for what your spending is going to be and you've got to answer that and it can be whatever you want It can be 80% of your pre-retirement. It can be 120 percent. It right. can be 50 percent, right? It's all a question of what do you want your retirement to be and what they're going to cost you to live that lifestyle and Using a rule of thumb is is the is the you know the is not a very good way to go about it because you've really got to drive it from what do you want your retirement to be and then make sure you've got enough money to be able to live the retirement that you have designed that you wanna live. You know, right. that's, that's, that's all there is to it. So, you know, the one thing I will will say the caveat, yes, your your living expenses go down tremendously, especially if you make a aggressive downsizing move like we did. You know, the one big difference, obviously, if you retire before 65 is the healthcare. Exactly. That, you know, yep. that's a big number. We're paying, you know, right now, I've got Cobra till the end of the year, it's about 1200 a month. And you know we're looking at you know we're going to be over two thousand a month you know by by next year okay fine you build it into your you know into your spending forecast and and you plan for it you know. Uh,
0: so so let me ask, that was the actually a great segue I was going to ask you how about health insurance so
1: you got Cobra and now you're going to go on ACA or something like that and uh, yeah. What, what, what the- I- I've got, you know, we're looking at it. I've got a, there's a one year thing I can do with my employer. They've got like a a retiree medical that's going to be fading away. We could do that for a year for like 1600. Um, We've looked at the health ministries, you know, they're, they're cheap. My concern is if you end up with something serious and they say, ah, sorry, we're not going to cover that. You know, they're under no obligation to cover things. And so is it really insurance if it's not there when you really need it? So there's a little apprehension about going that route, although it is cheap. Um, and then there's the ACA or potentially, you know, contact the health insurance broker and, and talk through what the options are. So, you know, we, we've got a little bit of time, not a lot. It's August. We just got back from our, you know, big great American road trip. So, you know, I haven't, I've intentionally put it off until now, but you know, in the next month, I've, I've got to get really serious about figuring out what we're going to do next year.
0: Well, you're about a year behind me in this. And, uh, it was cause I was at USA for 10 years and I left and I was on Cobra for 2,100 bucks. Now we got four kids. So it was a border, yeah, yeah. But still 2,100 bucks a month. And then, uh, when the time to get off Cobra, uh, is, you know, looking at ACA and all, it was just, man, it's, it made my head. I literally wanted to jump off a bridge headfirst yeah. into a, uh, a group of starving sharks after I sliced my wrists open because it was that It just, oh, and then you go, yeah. it it's just nuts, man. And, uh, and I think, but so we want to MetaShare for a little bit and uh, that okay. was fine. It was cheap, like you said. Um, but again, it's not insurance. That's the whole thing. It's, I mean, insurance is to protect against catastro- catastrophic issues. And and this is where I think my whole issue on how we're using health insurance anymore is like you don't use your car insurance to change your freaking oil. And yet right. you have to use health insurance to, you know, look at, you know, see if you got strep throat. I mean, it's just as stupid, but it is what yeah. it is. So yeah. that's the challenge. So you haven't done that much yet. And uh, what's your just. Any any thoughts that jump out at you, like what you're thinking you might do? Because I know everyone and their mom are wondering about this. I can retire at 55, yeah. but what about health insurance?
1: Yeah, you know? and, and and that is the number one reason I think that people are continuing to work at least until age 65. Based, you know, I, I mean, I, I read about this stuff all the time. I write an article every week, right? So we're always looking for stuff and learning and teaching ourselves. And it seems like at this point, you know, the the whole health insurance issue is the number one reason people choose to continue to work. So, you know, I, I think Josh right now, if I were to say what we're going to do, we'll probably go with the one year push that I can do through my order. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's a phone call. It's done. Um, give things a little bit more time to settle down and Hey, I could do, I could do the MediShare thing and maybe save, you know, a thousand bucks a month compared to that but it's easy it's done it's risk-free and it buys us a year so uh, you know we're probably leaning towards doing that but i want to do a little bit of homework I, I will ask you you said you were on medishare for a while did you did you leave them and if so why
0: no and, uh no we did um ultimately i would not have fritz it's just my wife um, you know the my better half she uh was a lot more concerned we have four kids with allergies some get, you know, yeah. One, yeah just all that stuff and she says yeah You know, what if? And I said, no, I got you. What if? And we didn't really have any pre-existing things. But the the irony of it all is when, so she took a job at a CPA firm so we could have uh, health insurance. You know what I'm saying? Perfect. Perfect. She's not making a huge amount of money, but the point was for her to have health insurance. And the irony of it all was uh, I had to get rotator cuff surgery just about eight months, eight eight weeks ago. And I have no clue if MediShare would have paid for that or not, whereas the health insurance we have did. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, I get these debates with people on my YouTube channel all the time. I say, look, man. You know, health insurance. I get it. Uh, you know, but we got along fine. And I'm not saying don't have health insurance. But if if you're literally working, that's killing you for health insurance. I think yeah. you're. I think you're making a mistake. And people say, yeah. but what if? I said, man, I get that. What if? But what if you die before you had a chance to enjoy the fruits of your life? I, it's, it's it's one of those things, that conundrums, And um, I don't yeah. have a good answer for it. But Medicare, yeah. it worked for us. It did. just at the end of the day. There was that risk, for it. So If you're like, yep. if they don't cover this, um, we don't know. And, and now yep. I will tell you, between you and me and anyone's listening, if at the end of the day, you know, you freaking need it, you don't have proper coverage, whatever, and the hospital says you owe us seventy five thousand bucks, well, hell, man, go bankrupt. I got no qualm with that at all. We didn't design this freaking insanity of a health insurance that <laughs> there is. We didn't do it. It was put on us. And yet, the old the, the market was working just fine. It's not just oh ACA and Obamacare. It's the whole thing. Yeah. All the regulations from, you know, the freaking Kennedy Castle bomb, the whole thing has just been nuts and it's just getting worse. And, and hopefully there'll be a little bit less of a, regulatory environment here in the next few years to open it up, but uh, well, have you looked hope. at any short-term, like the 364-day plans or anything like that yet, Fritz? Have you looked at I, that?
1: I have not looked at those. You know, yeah. Part of my thinking is once I make the decision and we kind of set up something, you don't want to have to keep changing it every no. year, right? And, no, no, and that's like yeah. by design you're going to be changing it every year, and it's yeah. like no, if, once I make the decision on this, it's, it's kind of like the whole, you know, you set up your retirement cash flow system, whatever. You kind of want to set it up and then just yeah. kind of go live life and not have to think about this stuff all the time, right? To me, medical insurance kind of falls into that. You want to kind of get it set up and decide what you're going to decide and then just live with it, you know, monitor it from time to time. Sure. But not have that anxiety of every single year. You got to, you know, well, we got a one-year plan and what are we going to do next year? You know, maybe it'll end up being that way anyway, because of all the changes in the industry, you know, and and surely you're going to look at it before you re-up the following year but if you're with a major provider and you yeah. know you can just kind of re-up and it's kind of automatic yep. and to me that that there's some appeal to that you oh, know i don't huge. want to deal with this
0: no yeah. this is why uh i encourage people to go on medigap as opposed to medicare advantage because if you're on medicare advantage for your supplemental ball and not supplemental but you're uh uh to, to limit your out-of-pocket expenses you know ma plans are a freaking nightmare you got to revisit yeah. those every year no one does for instance so yeah. they like Oh, I didn't know my part it's it's nuts. At least for me, I say I know for a fact I'm going on meta gap because I can't stand the idea of having to relook at this every year. I just I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't yeah. I don't have the patience for that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. we think a lot alike, I think. So, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I, <for> example, <laughs> I learned in the Army, keep it simple, stupid. And as, you know, as 18-year-old, private E1 in the infantry, and I said, keep it simple, stupid. That's kept with me. I'm 49 now. And I still say, keep it simple, stupid. Yep. And the more complex, the more devastating it's going to be for your successful financial planning.
1: Yep yeah um, well you know it's funny you mentioned yeah. that because the one th- when you looked at my my what my article was that you had reviewed back when we first came across each other here was uh basically it was the bucket system and you know refilling bucket one and you're yeah. like you know not a bad idea but man i think that refilling process is going to get really complicated and you know that to me is it, you're you're exactly right you know there there is that there is that complication to the bucket system so it does go against that whole keep it simple thing so you know it's funny that you mention that now because that was one of your key comments on my bucket strategy hey it's Sounds great, but man, managing this thing is going to take some work. You know, it's okay, fair enough. You know, that's
0: well. It's funny because I I do these seminars and uh we do the. I mean, I love the bucket system and theoretically, I freaking think it's awesome. The problem is, I just remember doing the seminars and doing the three bucket thing, and and you just see the people's eyes glaze over. And you're like, man, it's just they're not. I just I'll never forget. They just you know, and I'm not saying they're not going to do it. I don't know, but I just know. Is that the drawback? Is the more moving parts, the harder it is to accomplish. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. it's actually funny for us because uh, I'm writing my next book is going to be uh, "Retire on the Wellington Fund," and the the Wellington Fund essentially takes <laughs> the best of the bucket two or 70 percent stocks, thirty percent bonds, and you still have your cash bucket. And that way, yep. you only have one moving part: the Wellington Fund. You can do cash it. Bucket. No That's doubt. It. Yeah. Yep. So. That's a-
1: Viable plan, yeah, you know, we'll see how it
0: shakes out. I'm, I'm running some computer and some spreadsheets now on that, but man, it's just, oh, <laughs> but I yeah. love the bucket
1: strategy. I love it. It's just, oh. yeah. Well, a lot if you look at things. like JL Collins, you know, the simple path to wealth, it's the same thing, right? It's like one or two Vanguard funds and you're done. And and there's no reason you can't do it that simple. I think the hard part of those ideas, I, I like them. And I think they're, they're absolutely sound. Yeah. The problem is the complexity in that system is nobody has, got just the wesley fund or you know the the two or three simple funds everybody's got to migrate so now your complexity is how do you migrate all your 401k and this and that and the ira and you know this after tax and this roth how do you migrate all that into those kind of holdings and that's not easy right so there's nothing easy about an easy fund because you got to get it set up
0: yep and well in fact the funny thing is every time i use the the wellington i call the barbell approach where you have cash you have stocks and People always ask, "What about RMDs?" I, like literally, I said the RMDs in and of itself don't change the the methodology here. It's just you pull the money out and you can put it in your checking account. You don't have to spend it for heaven's sake. Yeah, but yeah. people get real wrapped around the axle about about anything that's uh, that has another moving part, which is why it's never. As simple as anything, because there's always, like you said, you might have a Roth, you might have a pre-tax, you might have a taxable account, and and then exactly. I mean, hell, Wellington Fund is closed, and new advisor, new investors on the uh, the not the institutional, but the individual one too. So, but the Wellington Fund is closed. What do do? about so you're always? And then on top of that, Fred, you know how people are. If it's too simple, they think they're missing out. You know, phone exactly, out, exactly. So. Yep. Um, all right. So you started the retirement manifesto. Tell us about. I mean, I, I it's it's nuts how much. Info is on your website. So retirementmanifesto.com. Just, I want to verify that, right? Retirementmanifesto.com. Yep.
1: Okay. That's it. And and really what it is, Josh, I mean, my whole purpose in writing it is to help my byline is helping people achieve a great retirement. Yeah. And And I started it four years ago. So it was about three years before I retired. And you know i've been a i call myself a personal finance hobbyist i've been you know following this stuff for thirty years i've always read all the magazines and I've always been active in my investments and whatnot always really paid attention to this stuff so you know about three years out I was like you know what i'm I'm just gonna kind of document my i think the the thing I put in one of my posts was i'm I'm basically writing about my current before it becomes the past yes. you know so that I can document my trail and all the decisions that we went through as we were in that final you know critical last couple years of work and getting ready for retirement. How did we go through that? What decisions did we make? And it's not for the sake of me, 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 here's the way we did it. It's to show that here's the process that you know, you kind of need to go through, here's the way we decided to do it. You can do it however you want, but you've got to figure this stuff out. We talked about creating the retirement paycheck, you know, the buckets. And yeah. stuff. Okay. Somehow you've got to figure out how to make a retirement paycheck. Doesn't yep. matter how you do it. Here's how we did it. Right. So it was just documenting all of our steps. And now that we've retired, it's kind of documenting, you know, that transition into retirement. And, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? I mean, it started out purely focused on financial stuff, because that's what you're focused on three years out. And now that we're into retirement, everybody told us this would happen. And I was like, "Eh, I'll believe it when, when I live it. Well, sure enough, now that you're retired, guess what? You don't really think about the money that much anymore. You know, you've got it set up, you know, you're fine. And you just go out and enjoy your life in retirement. And the things that you think about now are more about the purpose and the finding meaning and doing things that, you know, um, keep you motivated and and happy in life, you know. And and it and it's taken a change from kind of the harder financial topics to kind of some of these softer lifestyle questions. And and it's really been interesting to write about it as we're living it. So that's what I do.
0: Do you find you have? Um, I know you haven't been retired that long, and a good portion of retirement was doing your RV trip. Do you find yourself with a lot more downtime than you anticipated?
1: Um, I would say not. Okay. I, I think it's actually the opposite you know i think um i thought i would have all kinds of time to write you know i've written one article a week for four years and i thought man when i retire this is going to be great i'm going to have so much more time to write but the reality of it is you know i'm retired now i don't want to be sitting in front of a computer right so i'd rather be out fishing or hiking or doing whatever so we're we're so you know active doing the things that we want to do that you know our days are pretty full and it, yeah. it's a choice we, we could just say yeah we're just gonna veg and you know There's days we do that as well, but right now while we're still in these young. There's a reason we retired early Yeah, you know, we've got the health. We've got the energy. Yeah, there's absolutely. a lot we want to do so hey Why not let's take a 10,000 mile cross-country RV trip, you know That's fine because now is the time to do that kind of thing and and we're actually we're actually uh, surprisingly busy
0: how did your um you know you don't have to get too personal but your daughter she ended up in Seattle um but yeah. imagine part of her time she was raised here in Georgia is that was oh, that a yeah. big hit to
1: Yeah absolutely your wife she was going to college
0: family?
1: Yeah go ahead Yeah she it was totally unplanned she was going to college here in Georgia and uh, she met a guy who she was down near a uh, military base and uh, one of her friends was going over to a military ball or something so they hooked her up and she ended up went on this military ball thing and you know ended up it wasn't her date actually, ironically, it was another guy that she met at the military ball, and they ended up starting dating and they got you know engaged and they they got married so um, shortly after they got married. He got transferred out to a base out near Seattle. So wow. um they she went out there with him. They love it out there. It's a beautiful part of the country and uh they love it. It's a little far from home, but you know what? That's okay. We're at that stage now where we can take off and spend some time out there and, and it it's working out real well. So Oh okay. Um, so, yeah, they won't be life they won't be lifelong out there. He'll probably be oh, okay. transferred back east, you know, in the military at some point.
0: Gotcha. So they're okay, I because uh I know you know, the folks I talk to retirement, you know, they're going to end up wherever their kids and I, really their grandkids end up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, man, i got to hit your wife pretty hard to have your granddaughter, her first one, yeah. out know, uh, West. Yeah. But, but he's active duty. OK, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and he thinks he thinks right now they'll probably come back to the southeast. I mean, he's been in 14 years now, so I think there's a little bit more ability to influence kind of your next move and. You know, however, all that stuff works, he's he's thinking that, you know, within a year or so, there's a pretty good chance they'll come back east and maybe okay. even into the southeast. So we'll see where they land. And yeah, you're right. At that point, once he retires from the military and they be kind of come, if they ever do, right? In this society, I think people move a lot more than they did, you know, a couple of generations ago. But if they do get stable somewhere, yeah, certainly we'd, we'd consider, you know, potentially getting to a point where we're closer to them. Or, you know, now that we've got the camper, if they end up, I don't know, 10 hours away, Maybe we just go park the camper somewhere, buy a buy a you know year round site, and keep the camper parked there, and go back and forth whenever we want to. I mean, who knows, right? Retirement gives you the flexibility to do things however it makes sense.
0: You ever think about? Uh, I know your wife is doing the you know the nonprofit stuff, and you know you're making a little bit of income on your blog post. You ever think about doing you know going back? I don't know, working you know twenty hours a week or anything. I just, I whatever Not at it would all. be. Working okay gotcha
1: gotcha. not at all i you know and everybody said oh you'll you'll go back to work you'll you know you'll do some consulting or something and and i i always said you know when i retire i'm going to retire otherwise i'd just keep working why would i why would i give up you know a very successful career okay yeah maybe for 20 hours a week but no to me being retired makes work optional and and the only reason i could see doing that Is if I and if you look at the reason most people do go back to work, it's not because of the financial, right? It's because of that need for interaction it's the need for purpose. totally. Totally. And, and, you know, shame on us. If we can't find a way to find purpose and and relationships and all those other things that matter, except for going back to work. Hey, for some people, I get it. That's fine. For me, I think there's a lot of, you know, alternative ways to find those things to bring purpose to your life. And and I don't envision that, you know, including work. So never say never, but it's certainly not on the radar at this point.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because I know, you know, my career of work with, you know, retirees after a year or two. Some of these guys, uh, men, will cut out early because they've, you know, got a million dollars, whatever. And then, uh, you know, two years later, they're 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 getting bitter. Uh, they're angry because their yeah. whole life was revolved around them being, you know, kind yeah. of like a, a higher executive at the company. And Now, no one gives a crap. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like they, they get better. They they watch too much Fox News or MSNBC or CNBC, too much in the Stock Post, and I just it's sad man because you're sitting there yep. thinking you have so much talent here uh, yeah it, it might not be an aluminum business no, I'm not i'm just using you for an example yeah Chris, but you have so much talent you could do it so many different ways to find to find a virtue in what you're doing as opposed to sitting around just you know writing the letters to the editor at the wall street journal about whatever political shenanigans are going on it's, it's sad yeah man.
1: yeah you know it's it's interesting you bring that up because i when i was as i mentioned i started my blog three years before i retired And one of the things that was really kind of in my head a lot was, you know, what makes the difference between those people that have a good transition and those people that don't, right? That was kind of one of my thoughts for probably a year through this process. I was really like, what can I do to make sure that, you know, I have the best transition possible. So I did a lot of research into it and I, and I wrote an article called uh, will retirement be depressing. And it turns out there's a 40% higher likelihood that you'll suffer from depression in retirement versus when you're working. But the number one thing you can do to minimize that chance and to increase your chance of having a good transition is to spend time while you're still working, thinking about what you want your retirement to be, thinking about how you're going to get your purpose, thinking about how you're going to have meaning, all those things that we talked about, thinking about that stuff while you're still working turns out to be the number one factor for people that have a successful transition versus people that don't. It's wow. really important. So, you know, I took I took kind of a mini retirement. I took a Thanksgiving break and I took an extra week and I said, I'm not going to do emails. I'm going to pretend I'm retired. You know, right. my wife and I were retired. Let's just pretend we're retired right, right. and let's think about what our life's going to be like in retirement. We still have a year to go until I actually retire. Let's figure out what we think it's going to be like and spend this 10 days living that life. And and it was really valuable. So that that's, you know, that's important because these people that kind of get fired unexpectedly and they were, you know, level or maybe on the staff of the sea level and they they didn't see it coming and all of a sudden they're just boom unemployed sure they're financially they're set for life but they very often have a really hard adjustment because they haven't uh, taken time to think through the softer stuff
0: that is incredibly interesting i you know there's studies now that said the the biggest jump in suicides are uh or white guys in their you know, middle, you know, in the fifties. And I yep. bet a lot of that has to do with, you know, cutbacks and, and they just, they thought they had it and now they're wait like, they're, what do I do now? No one, I bet that's uh I bet there's a lot of hand in hand in there. Uh, I'm sure you know. there
1: is. Yep. Great yeah. divorce. Yeah. Great divorce is another one, right? You see the surge in great divorce, you know, people that were, didn't think about it. Now you're home with your spouse. You, you know, you've lived a life separately, <laughs> yeah. you know, all that goes into it. You know, it's uh, it's important stuff.
0: Well, it's funny (laughs) because when I quit my crappy old job and I'm working from home, you know, my wife is she sacrificed her career, of which she was making a hell of a lot more money than I was making back when we first were married in 1997 or 1999. Excuse me, excuse me, 1999. (laughs) Hope you're listening. But anyway, uh, we've been together for a long time. But uh, (laughs) she's one of the reasons she got the job, and she goes. Yeah, you know, every time I turn around, you're here. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, that's cool and all, but uh, you're here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be here. This is going to work from home thing. It's going to work or it's not, but it's going to try as long as it can. And uh, so you're going to have to get used to it. She goes, yeah, I
1: think I'll get used to it by finding a job. (laughs) And you know what? That's not uncommon, I don't think. And that's okay. You know, if, yeah, that, if that's absolutely. the way that works, that that's okay. You know, I, I remember a buddy of mine, he retired a year before I did. And uh, we were having dinner with he and his wife. And his wife's like, you know, it drives me nuts because he'll like come up, he'll stand behind me and he'll be like, you know, judging the way I'm loading the dishwasher. She's like, honey, I've been loading the dishwasher for 30 years. Go away. I got this, you know? And yeah, so, yeah, it, it, there can be some adjustment on that front, no doubt about it. Oh, man, that's, that's funny because that's the exact opposite. My wife comes
0: home now and she goes, Who loaded the dishes like this? And she'll look at me with these laser eyes. <laughs> You're not supposed to put the plates there. And I'm like,
1: They're uh, getting cleaned, aren't they?
0: She goes, Not like that. And I'm like, Oh, uh, boy. What's that's a- too funny. <laughs> Now, did you buy your RV or did, I mean, how did, what, how did that, I mean, that's
1: a big commitment there. How'd
0: that shake out?
1: Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing too. I think people can get too wrapped up in spending a bunch of money on toys and whatnot without knowing if they're really going to do it. You know, in in our case we had camp, I mentioned earlier about growing up, you know, my parents were both teachers. We spent, you know, the summers camping a lot. My wife was the same. They, you know, um, every vacation they got, they would go camping and go cross country and things like that. So both of us had it in our blood and all the way through our marriage, all the way through raising our child, you know, our daughter, we, we've we always been campers. We've always done it. You know, you can't do more than a week or two at a time when you're working, but we've always enjoyed camping. Yeah. So we knew it was something we enjoyed. And when we're sitting there thinking, okay, we talked earlier, what what are your expenses going to be in retirement, right? Well, we said, well, what toys do we want? and And let's make sure that we've bought those or had the funds set aside before we retire. And one of them was, you know, getting this RV. So we, we got out of the camping when our daughter was in high school, just because she was in high school, you know, things get busy. So we, we kind of started going to RV shows for probably the last three or four years that I was working. We went to RV shows every year and we really settled in on what we wanted. And then we said, you know what, we've got, we've got the means to do this. Let's go ahead and buy a new one. We know we're going to use it because we always have used them. And and so we did we went ahead and, and bought new and you know, we are using it and obviously doing a 10,000 mile trip I mean, you know, it was the right decision for us and, and we're enjoying it immensely but I think that all goes into that take time to think about what you want your retirement to be And don't retire until you've got the means in place to do those things that you've decided you want your retirement to be about. And for us, a big part of it was the, you know, the extended travel. And and it it was great. I mean, to spend, you know, a month going cross country, a month living, you know, 10 minutes up the road from our daughter and her family. And then a month coming back. I mean, that's fantastic. You know, who wouldn't want to do that? It It was a great trip. So, yeah, it worked out. What, uh, what's the next big
0: ambition with the RV? Go up to, uh, I don't know, Calgary or Banff or whatever it's called or something yeah, like that?
1: I, I don't We haven't figured it out yet. We, that's the other thing we're doing is we tend to go, um, you know, like I got a buddy of mine who's got like the next three years planned. I'm like, come on, dude, you're retired, you know, take it easy. You know, yeah. I, we don't know what we're going to do next year yet. We, we kind of think about that. Now we got our big thing done for this year. Okay. Now we kind of, you know, have a couple months to relax before the holidays come you know we'll we'll kind of think about what we're going to do and and um we don't know what we're thinking maybe we'll do is instead of one long three-month trip maybe we'll take a couple trips that are like a month long each and just fly to seattle and you know that's a long drive right even if you are able to take your time that's still a long drive so yeah, maybe we'll fly out there rent a house for a month and just do it that way and then just take some shorter trips you know kind of up, up through the you know the eastern seaboard we'll or whatever it is. yeah yeah okay. exactly So we'll, we'll see we'll play by ear
0: Like when you hung up your boots, the last time, any kind of any kind of regret. I hate to say regrets is too easy, but any kind of like, man, I, I'm really doing this. I mean, any
1: apprehension is probably the word I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Um, you didn't, I'm sorry, Josh, you cut out a little bit. I mean, are you talking what? about retirement or with a trip? When you
0: when you when you left the the gig, you know, the aluminum company for the last time, were you just like, oh, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's, yeah. tough to go back, for it's tough to go back, Fritz. It's tough to go back.
1: Yeah, it is, Josh. And and I'll tell you, I had an uncle of mine who told me probably 10 years ago, I told him, hey, you know, we're thinking maybe I'm going to retire a little early. And he goes, let me give you a piece of advice. He retired early. And he said, let me just, you know, warn you, you'll never make the kind of money you're making in exactly. your final stages of your career. Exactly. Make sure you're ready to go financially and emotionally. So that was always in the back of my head. And, you know, again, I think because I was writing my blog and I was being so intentional on thinking through this transition for three years, right? Really in detail. Um, Yeah, you always have that curiosity. To me, I would say it was more of a curiosity than than an anxiety. A little bit of anxiety, but primarily curiosity. How's this going to go? You know, how's this transition? Because it's something that you, no matter how much you read. Right. no matter how many people you talk to yeah. it's something that you just don't know until you go through it right it's kind of like marriage i mean you just don't know until you've actually step across that threshold so to me it was almost more of a curiosity and and i and i got to say you know the first month two months I, I was i was on cloud 9 i was you know up against the ceiling i was so right. it felt so good to not have to go to work yeah. and it's it's been a it's been you know that smooth for 18 months now i can't believe how well this transition has gone and i don't miss work in the least i keep in touch with a few of the guys yeah, you know, i'm right, going right. golfing tomorrow with a guy that i worked with we were pretty close yeah we're going golfing tomorrow you know i'll do a few things like that but aside from that haven't looked back
0: man that's uh that's just uh, so a couple of takeaways folks that fritz is obviously his number one well i don't want to put words in your mouth fritz but you got to think this through before you enact the, uh, you know, the leaving work thing uh, just because. yeah, I, I'm I'm I can't am say I'm stunned about the uh, depression among people uh, like you were saying, but I, I intuitively, it makes sense when you think about it. I just, yeah. you got to think this through and just on my own. And for instance, you know, I, I'm self-employed now and I, and I, but I thought about it for, probably from November, 2016 to March of 2018, I was getting all my little ducks in a row and it, it you know, it wasn't as probably as, uh, you know, I don't know, dress right dress is what you did in terms of make sure this, 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 but it was still, I said, I had this mission that I want to try and I was able yep. to think about it, think about it and and just kind of let it sit in. And I'm kind of an impulsive guy. So I knew I I could easily pull the trigger too quick and and, and bounce and say, Oh man, I screwed up. But, I man, I can't that's that is so such a good observation. Think about it before you you know pull the trigger because once you pull the trigger, like your uncle said, and no, I hate to say that, but I hate to say it, but if you're middle fifties, not that many companies are gonna be in in the market for you because no. they can they your salary's too high, and you know, they I don't know, that's it's some age discrimination. We we all know yeah, that. And absolutely. You, yep. You can't, I mean you can't police that up so much, but once you pull the trigger. It's going to be tough to land that gig you used to have. Um, yeah,
1: that's right. And, and you know, Josh, I, you know, I there was a period of time where I was debating between 54 and 55. And the number said, I, yeah, I, I could have left at 54. But I was thinking through what my uncle said, you know, and I was like, you know what? Yeah. And, and I did the one more year thing. I yep. had a friend of mine who did the one more year thing a couple of years before me. And he said, Fritz, that was the best thing I ever did. Oh, man. You know, oh, and, yeah. and it, it gets you that much, almost as much from the emotional perspective as the financial. Obviously, financially, it's it's huge. It's very helpful. But emotionally, the same thing. So I think if you're not quite sure and you're kind of like, yeah, I think I'm ready, but I, take another year. It's okay. Yeah. You know? oh, so just man. don't take. Just don't let that one more year become one more year and then one more year and then one more year. To your point, then you run the risk of, you know, wasting your whole life at work instead of, you know, worrying about how do you cover your health insurance. There's a risk no matter what you do. Yeah, and there's absolutely. a risk with sticking it, staying at work, no doubt about it.
0: Well, and people too, if they say, I got one more year, it's kind of like you're, I got 365 days. I mean, you can deal with crap if you know there's an end date. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For it's like yeah. If it's, if it's no end date, you're like, I don't know if I can do this for five more years, but you know, you can do it for one more. That's right um that's right. All right so you start a youtube channel not quite sure if you're going to do a whole lot of videos on there but would you be interested in doing some of
1: your you know RVing and stuff on there i, I think there'd be a huge audience for that man i mean yeah if you ever... you know, we'll see josh i mean I, we've done we call this the great american road trip so i yeah. I've put together three videos on it now each one i'm keeping them less than five minutes just to keep them you know entertaining and not too long yeah. so we've done one on kind of the the deep south We've done one on the, the Rockies to the to the West Coast. Uh-huh. And then we've done one on the summer in the Pacific Northwest. And then I'll do one on the way back for Glacier, Yellowstone, you know, the Tetons. So, you know, uh-huh. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the video editing. I, I, that's something I wanted to teach myself, and I've done that in retirement. Um, you know, whether I'll turn it into a full-blown, I love what you do. I love, I, I really like your content. I don't see myself doing that kind of a show. Yeah. If I do anything, It'll probably be more around the lifestyle stuff, the RVing. Yeah. You know, we, we have a lot of dogs. We have four dogs. My wife does the the charity stuff, so I've done some promotional videos for her. You know, if, if I do anything, it'll probably be around that side of it more so than doing, like, a personal finance show on YouTube. Oh, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. But the travel stuff's cool, too, man. I mean, just talking about Yellowstone, all that stuff is just, man, it makes. All right, last question. Of okay. all the places you've been, all right, so, you know, you're here in North George Mountains, which is freaking awesome. Of all the yep. places, you say, man, I would like to retire. And when I say retire, for you know, this is the one place I I can see myself for the rest of my life. Any place jump out at you, it says, you know, or even you were thinking about it, but you're not quite sure. Like I've always yep. had Calgary in my head for some reason. So I've never been there. I'm from Maine originally. Never. I know it's like to be cold, but I've never been to Calgary for some reason. I had that in my head. It's like I got to
1: try that place one time. Anything yeah. like that for you? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question, Josh, because we we so enjoy the North Georgia mountains. Yeah. And and this is re- this is really cool. You know, when we were working we weren't in Georgia, we were, you know, Kentucky, Ohio, right. Texas, you know, we lived all over the place. And back then, we were always thinking, eh, you know, we're in our what 30s, 40s, we were always thinking, yeah, maybe Montana, you know, we love Kalispell, yeah. Glacier area. We always love northern Montana and we we're like, you know, maybe that's where we we'll are retire. Yeah, may- you know, maybe well, okay, so fine totally through happenstance or fate or you know whatever however these things happen we end up in Blue Ridge you know which was through a corporate transfer to Atlanta and we bought this place and you know now we just love it here so what's fascinating to us now having you know settled into this area almost by chance falling in love with it as we're driving around on this 10,000 mile trip you know we're going through all these gorgeous areas and we're like well would you rather live here or Blue Ridge hmm Blue Ridge wins okay Right. Would you rather live here at Blue Ridge? Huh? Blue Ridge wins. Kalispell, Montana. We spent, you know, three four days there. Blue Ridge wins, you yeah. know. And, and to be in a place now where we're actually retired and when you travel around, you don't get that envy of, oh, I wish I lived here. This is fantastic. Right. Never, never planned that. Never saw it coming. But we literally, everywhere we went, there was not a single place we stayed in that we said, you know what? I'd rather move here than be where we're at. We yeah. we really got fortunate in living in a place that we we now the summers are hot, you know, yeah. it's Georgia, but that's okay. You get in your RV and you go north. I mean, you can avoid that if you want to. Um, and and we really enjoy this area. So to answer your question, no, I I really can't say that's right awesome. now that there's a place I'd rather be. And my wife feels the same way. We're very consistent on that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, you should work for the chamber of commerce up there, Fritz. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, don't just don't publish this part exactly, of me, exactly right we don't we'll, want anybody
0: coming here we'll say blue ridge Mountain, blue ridge for georgia that place sucks only yeah, idiots no.
1: Come here. no no yeah. we say George? i'm sorry no it's virginia it's just yes. blue ridge yes. blue ridge, <laughs> ridge mountains in virginia that's where it is yeah just outside of dc yeah go there go there that's what everybody says about seattle
0: it never really rains but they make it seem like it does i, I you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, i appreciate it this is great and uh and i'll put notes on here where you can find fritz and read his articles and whatnot and uh you know, four years of stuff on there, just a, a plethora of info on Fritz's uh, uh, website. The Retirement Manifesto is it the Retirement
1: Manifesto or just Retirement Manifesto? Yeah, it's got the T H E in there. It's the. the. And, and you know, it's funny. I was like, "What's my blog going to be?" As like the Communist Manifesto. You always, when, to me, a manifesto has to have the in front of it. I don't know why, though. It's the, the, uh, the oh, there you know, the Retirement Manifesto. That oh. kind. Yep. Well, hey,
0: hang hang tight, Fritz. But uh, thanks again for coming on here. I just want to I'll, un, I'll unclick the record button to give you thanks. But uh, thanks again for being on the podcast there today, I, man.
1: Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it very much.